Welcome to MindLob, the hive mind antidote for conservative Christians that want to form their own conclusions. And now your host, Ken Carroll. Welcome back to MindLob. In this episode, we're going to be talking about perceptions as we gradually migrate away from the atheist approach and into different issues we will have within the Christian environment as we start to dissect Genesis and try to figure out exactly what's going on within the first book of the Bible. Before we get started, please make sure to sign up for our email at mindlob.com. That just gives us an opportunity to share more information with you. And also, if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage at mindlob.com, we now have a place where you can share your thoughts with us. Please do so. Let us know what you think as it will help form the show as we move forward. And we may even use your content on the show itself. And now, on with this week's podcast, entitled Perceptions. So I have a question. What would you think about a person that was indoctrinated their entire life? Now this may be a child, it may be an adult, it could be an older person. But they've gone through uh, rigorous indoctrinations to where they believe that if they go into an environment and kill a large group of people and they simply strap a bomb to themselves and pull the trigger that they will end up in nirvana they will end up in a place of eternal bliss and they punch that ticket by killing people that do not agree with whatever they've been indoctrinated into so who's at fault for the people that died is it the person that was indoctrinated that was told that if they go in and pull the trigger that they're going to wake up in a nirvana and live in bliss for eternity? Or is it the underlying group, idea, people, person that went to that person, indoctrinated that person, and ultimately made them believe that if they go in and commit this act, then they're going to end up in heaven? So as a society, what I see is that the media and people, they tend to deal with the person and not the root cause. And just like a plant, it's easier to deal with the leaves than it is to pull out the root. Pulling out the root is difficult. You got to dig, you need special tools, it takes a lot of time, there's a lot of effort to just get that root out, when a lot of times it's just easier to try to cut it as low as you can cut it and cover it up and then just hope it doesn't happen again or ignore it. In other words, when it's convenient to villainize someone and it causes very little ripples. I mean, we villainize the person that goes in and pulls the trigger. What happens? We have the outcry of all the victims' families who think this person is evil. We have all these issues that surround with it. And then what we can do is label that person as an extremist within whatever that they came from or disavow them completely from it and move on while exuding some type of uh, empathy or righteousness that really isn't in its totality. Meaning we never took care of the root. All we're doing is taking care and pruning the plant. So worldviews can be the root. And then the followers are the leaves of whatever worldview is there. 
And so the idea is that ideas have consequences. It doesn't matter if it's a worldview that's tied in humanism. It doesn't matter if it's a world tied into theism. Ideas have consequences. And people, when they believe those ideas, they do have natural outcomes associated with them. So, for example, if we were to take uh, a lot of 2020 and recent years, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, has, you know, impacted American culture. I'm not sure outside of America what it looks like, but inside of America, um, you know, it, there, there's a lot going on here. A lot to unpack, far more than we can do in a 20-minute episode. But as we look at it, we need to ask ourselves what's really going on within that movement and what is the root? And what can we do to pull the root of the problem out and may, you know, try to, to resolve this as best we can? If I were to argue for anyone of color or anyone at all, what I would argue is that everyone matters. It doesn't matter what color you are or whatever. But the idea is it's not just your life that matters. It's a quality. It's value that matters. The value of life is far more important than the life itself. People have given their lives throughout history for causes of equality and causes to demand value for a group of people, even ideas. People have, have died for these things. And so, are these people deluded? Was Martin Luther King Jr. deluded when he was fighting for the value, the equality that black people needed? I mean, it was something that was an injustice that without Martin Luther King Jr., that would not have been spearheaded. And he ultimately gave his life for that cause. So, where is the root of modern racism? I want to read you a quote. At some future period, not very distant, as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. At the same time, the anthropomorphous apes will no doubt be exterminated. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilized state. And then it goes on. Now that quote impacted books, educational books. And so, one of the quotes from an educational book uh, in 1914, here's what it said. At the present time, there exist upon the earth five races. The highest type of all, the Caucasians, represented by the civilized white inhabitants of Europe and America. It's fairly interesting. Now, the first quote that I gave you was from Charles Darwin. And it was in the book, The Descent of Man. Now, I'm going through The Descent of Man right now. I'm going to read it. I want to understand it. And then if you look at the natural outcome of Darwinian evolution, you see that presented in books. Now, these books influence generations and generations of people. And these people naturally dissected different races into different categories the Caucasian being superior than other races. Now, to me, this looks like an obvious start of where we have modern racism. However, I've watched what happens because I thought, well, what if people say 
when you take someone who is a materialist and you, they respond to these quotes. It's really kind of funny, actually, because what you'll see is, and you can Google this and look for it yourself, but they will start automatically making excuses for Charles Darwin, meaning that he grew up in a time where people were naturally more racist. They will say that he used the term savages, like the Bible would use the term barbarians. And they would make these excuses. However, you don't see the same excuses being made for when someone like John Wayne is accused of being a racist and his indoctrination came from school books that were telling him that Caucasians were superior to other races. And so the question becomes, do you want to prune the plant? Do you want to vilify a guy who died years and years ago who was indoctrinated by a school system that perpetuated the myth that Caucasians were superior to other races? Or do we need to take a hard look at the roots? Now the roots, it gets ugly if we look at the roots of that worldview. Because materialism is something that they say is not driven by religion. It's not motivated. It just is. It's the way things are. They are facts. Now, if you look at the last two podcasts, I'll bring into serious question the lines drawn between these points of fact. If you were to consider what we have as what we would consider good, hard evidence, it's like having a book of hundreds of millions of pages, and we have a piece of evidence on page 20, and we have a piece of evidence on page 643,000, and we draw a line between the two, and we go, well, because they're similar in nature, this is how it is. I mean, really look at this stuff, guys. If you go back and check it out, I'm, I'm telling you, there's there's a lot there to unpack. And if you can get beyond the cliches and the, the, uh, the other arguments and you start digging deeper, you're going to see there's a lot of problems with evolution. And even among uh, atheists, even among materialists, you know, they have questions. So, and questions are good. I mean, that's kind of what science is about. It's about being able to present ideas, but they shouldn't be mutually exclusive of certain ideas that they just don't like, such as that as a superior intelligence. And uh, materialism always looks for natural causes and natural uh, results. However, if those natural results point us down paths like this, and these are not where we should be as a civilization, then we need to really reconsider what we're being taught. Because the idea of Darwinian evolution still permeates our school systems today. It's the only worldview that's allowed to be taught in our school systems that really dances the line of uh, religion. I mean, especially if you take like certain um, sects of uh, Buddhism, you know, where they don't believe in God. It's kind of, this humanism kind of deifies man. Now, could you imagine pulling the root of materialism, pulling it from the schools and saying, okay, look, we don't have the answers for where life came from. We don't know the circumstances, and we can't prove that it was jump-started without intelligence, without, without contaminating the test to begin with using intelligence. We don't know anything other than similar organ structures and how these things work and the fact that similar code was made for different beings. But if you look at the chimpanzee-human connection, 
you start to see what kind of code was thrown out and how they got to that really high 90 percentile when you throw out a large percentage of the genetic material in order to show the similarities that's disingenuous and so there's a lot of this stuff that goes on within the paradigm of evolution but there's a lot of reputations attached to it there's a lot of excuses I mean it has become a religion and it is well well funded and it needs to be defensible to people who follow it as the way that it is now if we look at it and say okay if that truly is the way it is then what do we do when we see comments like this when we when we have to ask the real hard questions about evolution but you see we're not there we're nowhere near there uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, when it comes to evolutionary precepts and so to take a group of people and then to say they're they're inferior on the evolutionary scale well has a lot of problems one is that you're assuming you know gee imagine that Charles Darwin a white European guy who says the white Europeans are more advanced evolutionary than other uh, races really not a surprise for anyone to say that their particular group or person are the chosen one of their worldview I mean let's be real here this is common uh, pretty much through all worldviews and there's no way to really validate that I mean you could take any culture and make an argument that they're further along the evolutionary trail than the Caucasians what metric are you using how are you validating that metric what are you using as that metric other than just pure ideology of racism in the mixture after all if you go back and look at what some of the most renowned atheists say we don't really know what's further along the evolutionary train and if you look at how we see things like uh, morality and ethics and we find that that's inescapable regardless of your worldview um, we find that you know some of these other concepts are also inescapable as well for me I would be offended if a bunch of white educated people were trying to defend me from the paradigm of evolution it's almost as if they're they're saying hey we wanna we wanna defend you we wanna support you we want you to be equal but what they're doing is looking down from on high to give that equality to another group of people such as in the black lives matter case when in reality the inherent value needs to be established of all races and all cultures so the inherent value regardless of your color should be something that you're just endowed with and if you're going to have the stigma of materialism saying that you're not as uh, evolutionary predisposed to whatever as someone else then you're kind of behind the eight ball before you ever get started off in life and I think that's a travesty this is what I mean by ideas have consequences when a group is held down or marginalized or minimized or an idea uh, is not a true idea or a true representation of the worldview then it becomes this an easy argument to kind of you know uh, beat up and throw around you know those are known as straw man arguments and and so when it comes to what I'm looking at when I dive into Genesis now I'm going to flip the gears here on you and take you right into Genesis is that there are a lot of views when it comes to the book of Genesis 
Uh, if you look at just a few of them, you have what's known as the gap theory between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. You, you have a literal theory of their literal 24-hour days when you jump into Genesis. You have a day-age theory in Genesis. You have a revelationary theory in Genesis. You have a literary version of Genesis. You have, even today, you've got concepts such as simulation uh, hypothesis, which is coming out in, in recent years. And so the idea is, you know, if we take the, the book of Genesis and then we start to build its natural conclusions, then what happens is, is we're going to be resistant to looking at what Genesis actually says because we're predisposed, or predispositioned to believe whatever our indoctrination tells us. So, for example, if I was told my whole life that the book of Genesis represents literal 24-hour days and anything else is compromising the scriptures, and then all my lenses, you know, if you go back to part one and two and three, all the lenses that I trust also tell me that Genesis is literal 24-hour period, then, you know, anything resistant to that, anything uh, that opposes that is going to be offensive. And it may be such a shock to my system and to my belief system that I'll refuse to believe it because I'm thinking that somehow I'm being deluded or misled. Just as you have the person who walks into the, uh, who is confident that when they pull that trigger that they are going to end up in heaven. Now, of course, it's not as dramatic. You know, someone can obviously uh, live their entire life and think whatever interpretation that they want to of something like the book of Genesis. But when Jesus in the Great Commission told us to make disciples, understanding Genesis and being able to give people an accurate representation of what Genesis clearly says and then being able to offer interpretations beyond what's there and properly segmenting the argument could be something that makes you some someone that's helpful someone that's part of the Great Commission and someone that becomes a stumbling block because of uh, wanting to follow uh, whatever lens, whatever perception that you have of Genesis. So what I'm trying to do here is inoculate the listeners, inoculate you, because what I want you to do is be able to look at this and as we go through it and then kind of see the, see the book of Genesis for what it is and understand that there are people that are, I mean, in huge trenches. I mean, they are dug in. And their version of Genesis is what it is, and don't tell me different. I mean, we have huge theme parks that are built around interpretations of Genesis. We have books. We have ministries. We have tons of, uh, tons of different influences that can pull and push us and make us feel that we're right, just as, you know, it's as intense between the theistic and the atheistic environment the battle within the interpretations of the book of Genesis is also just as intense. And uh, so hopefully this uh, gets us a little closer to the book of Genesis. 
as always, thank you so much for allowing me into your home and being able to share ideas with you for about 20 minutes. And I do appreciate it, and I look forward to our next discussion. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit mindlob.com to learn more.